The Brutally Speaking podcast is proudly sponsored by Starving Artist Brewing. Starving Artist Brewing may be a small speck on Michigan's beer map, but they say big things come in small packages. A brewery who really puts their money where their mouth is, supporting underground artists far and wide. Making delicious beers with the simple belief that you should judge beer, not people. Brutally Speaking Podcast is proudly sponsored by Rockabilia.com. With over 500,000 officially licensed items in their online store, you're guaranteed to find something you need. Use our code BRUTALLY and get 10% off your total purchase order. Now on to the show. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Brutally Speaking Podcast. I am your host, John, and this episode's guest is Jake from August Burns Red. This was actually a really fun chat, and, uh, you know, the band was in Leeds at the time. Uh, Jake was actually outside the venue, uh, walking around uh, on a nice morning out that way, and it was good catching up with him. I've been wanting to have Jake on the podcast for a while, and, you know, like with a lot of guests that I wanted on earlier in the show's career... I don't think I was ready to have a conversation with him. And it's kind of funny because I was kind of like, man, I don't know what we're going to talk about. I know like, you know, the Heart Support Festival is sort of the big thing that he's pushing and why we're going to be doing the chat. But like, you know, how do you talk about putting on a festival without it kind of being boring? Well, have no fear. I watched Clerks 3 (laughs) about uh, an hour and a half before this chat because I had some time to kill. And holy shit, did it kind of ruin my day. Um, I won't give out spoilers in theory, uh, you'll kind of hear me talk about some of it in the beginning of the, the chat itself. But, you know, I think uh, it's crazy, you know, like, and again, something that, you know, talking about on the show has some been and made me think about something beyond the show, like for a couple of days and just kind of thinking about, you know, getting older and loss and how, you know, some things can still inspire you. Like, you know, I've been watching Kevin Smith movies and listening to his podcasts for 20 some odd years now and it's crazy to think about how many attachments I have to different people because of Kevin Smith how many people I've met through being fans of his uh how it's inspired me to do so much and it's interesting because like Clerks 3 was met with a little bit of backlash as was Clerks 2 when it came out and it made me start thinking about how in almost every form of everything we want progression we want to move forward we want new things we want progress for lack of a better term but when it comes to to art when it comes to entertainment i should say we almost regress where we just want the thing that makes us comfortable we want our comfort food and i just find that so interesting i find it weird that that's one of the few things where it's like you know that's how it goes and and with clerks you know i've never really felt like that was really a a cash grab it was a lazy attempt at just rebooting ip I really honestly feel like it captures where I've been or where I'm about to be because usually I'm about 10 years younger than the the protagonists in the movie. And to see so much of these things broadcast on a screen mirroring my life 
it's uh it was really hard it was a, it was really hard to watch this movie and i know i i know this to be true cuz it was said to me during therapy sessions and shit you know talking about a lot of the people when i would talk about different relationships different things happening in my life you know how i grew up and i remember my therapist going well how did that you know, resolve. How did that relationship, you know, turn out? And it's like, oh, well, that person's dead. That person died. That person's gone. Um, you know, stemming from my brother dying when I was two, like to my grandparents, to close friends. You know, it's one of those that it, I guess, doesn't ever take it away. Like, you know, I, I guess I've kind of just learned this thing inherently that we all die. Um, but clerks kind of put it into a perspective of relationships that I had kind of let go where, you know, friends had passed and I hadn't talked to them in, you know, a decade kind of put a lot of that into perspective for me and really, really kind of bummed me out. Um, I guess on a more personal level of just understanding that sometimes we shouldn't hold grudges and, you know, it's taken the passing of some of my friends to reconnect with other friends that I had let go by the wayside um, but this movie kind of reminded me that I, I kind of fucked up and, and didn't didn't make the same amends uh, to somebody else. And now they're gone and that part of my life is gone and I won't be able to to remedy any of that. Um, so that's kind of where my headspace was uh, going into this chat with Jake. And I think honestly was a really good place to be. I think it allowed me and Jake, Jake and I, uh, as it should have been said, uh, allowed us to kind of get on a, a really emotional level right away, uh, allowed there to be some vulnerability between the two of us uh, to open up as two people, as two strangers, and find some common bonding ground. And I think, honestly, that's that's a lot of who Jake is. I think Jake is a, a really deep, introspective person, and that's what scared me for so long about wanting to talk to him because I just didn't think I would be able to match the same vulnerability, the same honesty uh, in myself and in what I would talk about. I think it honestly took, you know, something like therapy, something like a clerk's movie to get me there to where we could have this kind of a conversation. So without further ado, this is my conversation with Jake and I'll talk to you all on the other side of it. Catching me, I don't know if you've uh, caught it recently, uh, Clerks 3, I just watched it about, finished it about 20 minutes ago, and holy hell, it! Uh, I thought I knew how that movie was going to end, and then like the third <laughs> act came, and I have been crying for like the last 20 minutes thinking about just the nostalgia the movie hits on, as well as, you know, spoiler alerts, uh, you know, the loss of friends and, and friendship and so forth, and you know, how our friends, even in, in death and in passing, you know, they still live on through us for through us and in through our memories of them. And it's uh, still wild that, you know, you can still get you, your emotions can be tugged in, in different art forms and so forth, especially when you least expect it. Absolutely. Yeah, I think that's the I think that's the reason why we like storytelling. We like movies and TV shows because it tells a story of something similar that, you know, probably connects on a deeper level to us so like uh but it's it's um i had not seen clerks three 
but I saw the first Clerks when I was like a teenager, and I thought it was the bee's knees. I thought it was just such a funny and unique uh, story. I think the thing that's interesting about when you grow with something, you know, we can talk about it in music. We can talk about if it's films or a director or whatever. There's a lot of things art can do where you, it can grow with you. Uh, it can change as you change. And I think that's been one of the things I'll at least say for, you know, the clerks franchises, you know, I'm about 10 ish years behind every iteration of the movie. So you know, I found it when I was, you know, coming up in my teens and it's dealing with people who are in their 20s, mid 20s or so. When Clerks 2 came out, I was approaching 30. They were in their, you know, mid 40s or so. And it's just kind of weird because it's like it has the nostalgia of being around my friends when you're, you know, 16, 17, 18 and ready to take on the world. And, you know, everything and no one you're just invincible to then kind of yeah. realizing as you get older, you're mortal and, and things happen and, you know life happens and it's a, it's a reflection on who we were and who we thought we were going to become and, and all these things. And it's, it's kind of a trip to, you know, be almost 40 at this point myself and just kind of be like, man, life, uh, life is interesting. It's definitely interesting for sure. The ups and downs. And I think what I'm realizing for myself, um, you know, coming to terms of just better understanding as to how life operates and, and, you know, for myself, how to navigate the waters. Um, you know, one of the things that I'm really holding on to and learning about is uh, suffering well and mm. um, trying to deal with suffering or trying to deal with, you know, really, really difficult or heavy situations um, in a healthy way. Because uh, the way that I was kind of raised, I just, um, it was really hard for me to be able to kind of sit with my feelings and accept them and kind of let things be what they, what they were going to be. Um, and to be able to respond rather than react. And so that's kind of something that, um, I've been working on for, for a long time now in my, my own personal life is just recognizing that I don't have control over my, my own life and the situations that, um, that surround me. And, it's a humbling place to be because <laughs> um, <laughs> recognizing that I don't have control is, is very difficult for a person like myself. Um, and then having to feel the feeling of being powerless in certain situations because of maybe decisions that are being made by other people or something happened and there was no way I could change it. Um, and to respond to that in a healthy way, it's like, it's just a game changer. Man. Um, but uh, yeah, if you don't mind me asking, is that something that you have come to through either like therapy or just something you've kind of realized about yourself just in retrospect in kind of like being more introspective as a person and, and kind of thinking about things you've gone through, which kind of is it? Um, yeah, I think it's more of um, like a self-reflection and I'm, I'm kind of a, a big like deep thinker and I like to journal and I like to um, just kind of look at the things that are happening around me in my life and maybe some of my habits and things. And I think that just kind of repeatedly self-reflecting and taking time to get to know myself, I guess is the way to put it, um, 
has been really beneficial for me because um, I'm kind of a fast mover. I do a lot of things and I, you know, I'm always constantly moving or trying to do something or create something or what build something, whatever. And um, so that leaves very little time for me to um, take a moment and say, hey, like, you know, what are you really doing? And is it making an impact? Is it healthy? Is it, um, is it valuable? Is it going to help build your future? And so, I, I mean, I, I do therapy. I've gone to therapy and I like having someone that I can kind of just verbalize what I'm thinking about and bounce ideas off or maybe be encouraged to go a different route or um, learn maybe something about myself that I didn't really recognize because, you know, I'm in my own head too much. I think therapy is really beneficial um, and I think it's a great tool. But for me, a lot of times it's, uh, it's journaling. It's like writing these things down and um, grasping the reality of my life and the decisions that I've made or the habits that I have and which ones are healthy and what isn't healthy um, has been really helpful in me just understanding more of who I am. Um, I get lost trying to sometimes be somebody I'm not, you know, and, and for some reason, I think, I think society does a pretty good job of telling us who we should be, um, and not who we are. And so we get so, we get so focused on, I got to do this. I got to be this. I've got to, you know, this is success or, or whatever, you know, um, and we lose ourselves along the way and then we feel pretty numb and we lack our own true identity and that, we tend to feel lost or so that's been myself uh, a few times in my life. So I think it's really important to self-reflect and really kind of um, get to know who I am better um, through different. I think the thing that's interesting, you know, sort of about that. And it's funny because I've been talking about this a lot more throughout the podcast as of recently, where I feel like, when I notice kind of themes happening, you know, whether it be conversations I'm having on this or just something that came from having a conversation. And then I think about it, kind of take it out into, you know, my day-to-day world and interestingly seeing how it comes back uh, to me, you know, it was interesting the other day I was having a conversation with uh, Sam, the singer of the Bobby Lee's and we got to talking about, you know, what sparked a lot of the lyrical content for their new record, which was kind of her having, Uh, a mental breakdown and then kind of getting her way out of it. And it was interesting because at the time when we were talking, I go, you know, as someone who really likes the English language and and just kind of looking at how we interact with one another and how we, I don't want to say re re explain things that have happened to us, but with the terminology and the phrasing we'll use a lot of times, you know, she had made the comment. She goes, when I was at my breakdown or when I had my breakdown, da da da. And the, connotations she was kind of giving it were were negative and bad but she was like you know i'm on this other side and i'm so much better and all the words and phrases were positive and i go you know i'm not discrediting what you went through but i think instead of calling it a breakdown and having a negative look at it i would call it a breakthrough because it's the moment where you realize something needed to change and you changed that part of your life for the better and chose to be proactive and instead of kind of reactive and i was like but it's just interesting that 
we don't tend to give ourselves the credit I think we deserve until like we're far beyond something. And instead of kind of being like, no, I realized that like something wasn't okay. And I changed something instead of being down and speaking about it negatively, we should look at it and speak about it positively because I think it is a positive thing that we've, we've done. Yeah. Um, I fully agree with that. Um, I think that we tend to shame ourselves pretty heavily when we make a mistake or we're not where we think we should be. And when something feels uncomfortable, um, you know, that's when we get scared because, <laughs> you know, it's like, uh, that's, but that's what you're saying. That's where opportunity for growth is. And, and, and I fully agree with that. And I think that that's a great way to kind of maybe remind, um, people of, you know, there's a different perspective that you can have on, on the situation. Um, and generally speaking, that perspective dictates kind of the direction that you go. You know, I mean, if you wake up every day and, um, you're telling yourself you're a piece of shit, you know, or you're not good or you're not worthy or you're not enough. Um, you know, that's going to drive your mental state and how you feel about yourself and opportunities might come up and you're going to go, no, I'm not going to take that. I'm a piece of shit. You know, I can't, I'm not, I'm not good enough or I'm not strong enough or, you know, and, and, um, you know, if something catastrophic happens with, uh, you know, with maybe the loss of a family member or divorce or things like that, like, um, you know, you can, you can take that and bury yourself in that. And that can be the rest of your life, you know, um, where you hold things like that to who you are. And, and it kind of um, takes away from all the, the other joy or things that you could have in your life. Um, and so I think that that's why I'm really big with the mental health aspect of things, because just from my, my personal experiences and how I was raised as a, as a kid and where I am today, understanding that a lot of the things that maybe I was taught or I experienced wasn't necessarily healthy and um, understanding that I, I don't have to be the person that I was that I was or the person that, you know, maybe I was surrounded by an environment or things that were unhealthy. I don't have to participate in that. And I can, I can also, you know, change, you know? Um, yeah. And, and I just, I, I want that for everybody. I, I want, I really do because I, I, I know that every person struggles with something. Um, and I think that, you know, if people just were, maybe take a little more time to love themselves and get to know themselves and think about the reasons why they do things, you know, why, like, why do you talk to people the way you talk to them? Why do you say the things you say? Why do you think the way you think? Like, is it because that's what you believe or is it because it's what you're told or is it because, you know, this was, you were conditioned to talk this way or act this way or be this way. Like, why do you have these dreams? You know, are they really your dreams or are they just high expectations and standards that someone's put on you, you know, like, and all this stuff is in your mind. It's all mental. It's all, you know, you taking experiences and things around you and absorbing them and then kind of molding you in a say. Um, and, and it's like, I just want people to be successful in what they believe success is. And I want them to be in love with themselves. Um, and I'm, I'm just a little tired of sometimes feeling like, you know, society's telling us we have to be a certain way or we have to talk or act or, you know, just, 
and it's like, can we just be who we are and, and, and accept each other and try to encourage one another and, and love each other and <clears throat> love ourselves. Um, and I know that that's a big can of worms, <laughs> but, uh, but, but, you know, I think just for the conversation piece, just talking about our mental health as individual people and, and how important it is. And, uh, for, for the future person that we desire to truly be. I think the, the bigger thing, and like I've really been kind of honing in on this myself the last, I'll honestly say probably the last few years, but it's a concept I've really been thinking about is, you know, we exist, you know, we're constantly changing as people, you know, who, who we were, you know, 10 years ago isn't who we are now. And it may not be who we are 10 years, you know, into the future. But it's one of those things that, you know, I was saying actually doing an intro outro for a podcast coming up that I was like, you know, it's really interesting with technology and everything. We want everything to move forward. We want everything to change. We want it to be the best that it can be, but it's weird that in a lot of things that are supposed to inspire us, a lot of art, we don't want it changed. We want it the way it always was. We don't want anything to grow and adapt. And it's really weird to, to be this age now and think about that, how, you know, we don't allow people to grow. We don't allow people to change, but it's like, we allow, and it's such a weird way to say it, but it's like, we allow brands to change. You know, we allow, you know, Chevy to keep making new vehicles and all this stuff. No one is clamoring for a 2023 vehicle with a, with an eight track player in it, but we still have people who were like, you know what the best thing a band ever did was 15 fucking years ago. The first record they ever did when they were like 15, that's the best thing they, they'll ever do. That's the best they'll ever be. And anything else is garbage. And it's like, why Why is that? Why do we put people in these boxes where they can never become anything other than when we first were interacting with them and not grow? And I haven't really f- come to a conclusion or figured it out, but it is a very interesting way to kind of look at life, I guess, for lack of a better term. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good question. I, I, I do not have the answer to that. <laughs> Um, but that's, that's kind of, you know, and, and I think too, like I, for some reason, I feel like we we tend to get a little scared when we change, like we get a little uncomfortable when, when things are, are growing around us and, you know, and because we, we feel comfortable, uh, where we are, we have our comfortabilities and, and I always tell people, um, or I always, I always think to myself, like, you know, like, uh, growth is, um, when you're uncomfortable. So I might as well get comfortable being uncomfortable. And what that means is like, sometimes you don't have the same friends, you know, you outgrow your friends or, or you outgrow your job or your, or you, you really want something new for yourself, but you've been working the same job. And I don't know if I leave that, then like, is this, is this right? Or is this going to work? And we have all the doubts and fears and things like that. And it's like, think about this, the, the, the other side of that coin is like, well, you've been working this job and I'm just, just giving an example. You've been working this job, right? For 10 years or whatever. And you really want to move into this new field, but you're scared and you have a lot of fear and doubt. So you stay at this job because it's comfortable and it's what you know, but like, and that's okay. Right. Cause some people do that and that's their choice. But, but imagine if you're supposed to be in this new place and that's what you're supposed to do. 
and you're supposed to grow and you're supposed to leave this job and go and pursue this other, you know, career or dream. And now you're missing out on that growth. You're missing out on more joy or more purpose or more um, excitement to why you're waking up in your days, you know, um, all because you're scared and you fear what the unknown. Right. And I think that that's kind of, I think that that has a lot to do with the way that we see things. And when we go, Oh, like, no, you gotta, you gotta stay here. This is what you're supposed to do. And this is what, this is, you know, what you're told to do or who you're supposed to be. And I don't know, man, I, I don't know. I, 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 enjoy um creating things and and kind of just trying to give things a shot at least um and they're still scary <laughs> and uh by all means like i i opened a i opened a, a gym during the pandemic you know and mm-hmm. one of my key advisors would call me every day and and he'd say hey jake um i love the mission and vision of like a mental health gym I think that's really great. I'll, I love you dearly, but this is a horrible time to do this. Absolute horrible time to do this. Um, and I wasn't touring, so I wasn't really making um, much money and everything was closed. And then he would call me another day and he would say, Hey, remember, you know, that gym down, you know, in downtown, blah, blah, blah. So yeah, he's like, it closed today. That gym closed <laughs> today. Just to try to, you know, protect me or to, you know, share the reality of things. And I just went for it and I was so scared and I I was freaking out, but thankfully, um, and I feel, you know, blessed by it. Like it's up and running. I have a great team. I have great members at my gym and, and it has grown me leaps and bounds to my understanding of business and community building and things like that. Um, and so I don't know, I feel like, if we don't try, we might miss out on a, a whole other beautiful chapter that's meant for us in our lives. And um, so, but I think, again, I think that that's connected to your mental health, you know, um, and how you see yourself and things. But yeah, I, I think, I think the thing that's interesting about that is it reminds me of, as I've gotten older and working other jobs, you know, I had this epiphany walking my dog one day, you know, cause I, I had gone on Facebook at the time and saw like someone I used to work with still complaining about the job. And I had left that job a good five, six years ago. And I commented, I was like, shit or get off the pot, dude. I was like, nothing has changed. You are still bitching about the same things that I bitched about that other people bitched about the people who were there before you and I were there. were bitching about it won't change. The only change that you can control is yourself and what you want. If you're not happy, leave. I promise you as someone who literally left there and has only done better for myself. Like I sat there and gave that place six years of my life. Mm -hmm. And I go, and all I got was given excuse after excuse as to why they couldn't give me more money. Couldn't do, you know, promote me or anything like that. And I had the epiphany while walking my dog. And I go, why is it that if, if I were to, personify the job and be like, it treats me bad. It does all this. Okay. It's an abusive relationship. We tell people in abusive relationships, get out. It's not healthy. Get out for your own good. 
And just like the people in those abusive relationships, you find excuses as to why you can't. And it inevitably gets to some reason. But I was like, why is it that, you know, we we can tell everyone to get out of a personal relationship for the safety or well-being of themselves? But jobs, I think, are equally as bad at or worse because they are probably mentally and more importantly, financially, you know, hurting you and and keeping you there because of like, well, you're never going to get anything better. And they're putting all that doubt in your head. And it's, it's, you know, you were talking, used a word I, I, I enjoy using, but you know, we have been conditioned to think that this is as good as it's going to get. Or if we don't go somewhere else, what if it doesn't end up working the way it was supposed to, or that we thought. And so they just keep you there and it's, it's a complacency and it's, it's frustrating to see people who aren't willing to change or make the decision to benefit themselves and do better. And I haven't figured out if it's because they don't believe they can do better or if someone else is involved in that narrative of why they can't. But I see it all the time and it's really disheartening to see it because, you know, I'm kind of proof that literally it's like I left and I'm so much happier. Not only am I making making more money, but I'm just happier as a whole because i'm not dealing with the same bullshit that i was tired of day in and day out where i would dread getting up and going to work i don't love necessarily the job i have but i hate it significantly less than that one and at the end of the day i, I count that as a as a win <laughs> yeah sure i think i think um again i think it's your mental state i think it's what you've experienced and um all plays a part and like obviously in what you've condition to believe about yourself or what you're supposed to be doing because um i agree that you know um it's frustrating to see that sometimes when you've got a friend that's it's just really just not having a good time and it's like man like can't you just do this can't you just do that and 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 in reality yes he could but in his head absolutely not right because there's there's things going on in his mind there's worries, there's doubts, there's uh, expectations, there's all of these things that are going on in his mind. And maybe what's his girlfriend going to say or his wife or, you know, what, what about the bills and what about this and that? And I don't have it in me. I can't, you know, all those types of things. And that's what I'm saying. I think it's really important for the world to just start to focus on mental health because a lot of the answers that we give ourselves are dictated by how healthy we are in our, in our mental state. And one of the good things for me was, for me as a person, was was joining August Burns Red because I left everything I knew. I left my family. I left my job as a painter. And I left my state and drove to Pennsylvania and joined this band. And my whole life completely changed. But what I realized was that if I can do that with the band, I can do that with something else. And it gave me confidence. It gave me strength. It gave me understanding. It gave me belief and hope in myself. In myself. And then I opened up Heart Support, the, my nonprofit. And that was created. And then, and then, and then the pandemic came and I was like, I'm going to open a gym. You know? <laughs> uh, so, and I opened a gym and now we have Heart Support Festival, right? Which I've been trying to work on for five years now. And, and so, so, you know, I just, I feel like people need to um, bet on themselves and 
um, really start to just believe in themselves and try to break through their belief system and the ceiling that they have for themselves on what they're capable of. And I feel like if they can, if we can work towards that, um, and especially as a community, like it feels so good when you have people that actually want to help you get there or want to encourage you to believe in yourself or break the ceiling. Right. Um, like that support helps so much. And, and that's another reason why I started heart support because I understand that everybody has things going on and some people might go, ah, I'm fine. I don't have anything, you know? Okay. That's, that's fine. You know, like if, if that's you, then, then you may not care about heart support and that's completely good. And I'm happy that you don't have anything going on, but um, a lot of people do. And, you know, I think that having good, strong community um, really is a great resource and tool for us to grow. And I think, I honestly think that we're on this earth for two reasons. Uh, One reason is to give love and the other reason is to receive it. Um, And we can't do either of those things by ourselves. So, you know, when I think about people, I think like, hey, like, because you think about it, like, I want to be famous or I want to be, you know, successful or I want to be Batman. I want to be, you know, a police officer and fight for justice and truth or whatever it is. Right? When you're a little kid, you know, you think about all these things. And it's like you, you, you want to give something. You want to save something. You want to protect something. You want to love something. You want to you fight for something, right? And then you want everybody to be thankful and appreciative and, Oh man, thank you so much. And, you know, and, and we can't do that by ourselves, you know? And, and I think that we all have that desire. And so it's hard for us as people to have a desire to love people and to receive love and just wake up and kind of go to a desk job and doing something that doesn't really make sense for us. It doesn't tug on our heart. It doesn't fill our desires. It doesn't, bring us a sense of purpose. Right. And like, that's tough. And like, that's not, that's not good. Right. And, and, and you're lacking in your, in your health and over years that that'll do something to you. So again, like I, I just think that talking about mental health and, you know, trying to engage ourselves as who we are and then having a community that, that is willing to talk about these things and you not feel weird or awkward um, is just just important to me personally. That's something I think that is important. And I invest a lot of my life and time into that um, because I feel like that in itself gives me purpose. Kind of one of the last things I wanted to touch on on, on this part of it and then kind of talking a little bit more about the, the festival itself. You know, you had said probably like 10, 15 minutes ago, you had talked about how at times there's fear of growth because of, you know, and I'm kind of blanking on the specifics of what you said, but basically you kind of talked about not growing and being afraid to grow. And so I almost was going to cut you off there to, to ask this question, but it's an interesting thing I've never really thought of, but do you feel given the circumstance of, of you touring and being gone and away from your loved ones and all the people and all the things you quote unquote are missing out on, do you feel that that has made you grow more or do you think it's maybe stagnated you a little bit in the sense that 
because you're doing something that is not shared with everyone that you love, it creates a bit of, I don't want to call it tension, but maybe it causes a bit of separation where maybe the growth that you see in yourself isn't the growth that everyone else sees because they look at it as a negative that's happening. Does that make sense? I don't know if I'm asking that question correctly. I'm kind of working my way through it as I was thinking about it. Yeah. Yeah. We can, we can, uh, dig on this one together. Um, so yeah, it's tough because, um, I try not to let people's opinions, like the majority of people, I don't, I don't listen. Um, I listen to the people that are very close to me because they know me best. And, um, and thankfully I don't surround myself with a bunch of yes men. So, Mm. so, um, I also believe that the, you know, something that I, again, tell myself is the most teachable man is a humble one. And I think that when I'm out here trying to do things, uh, and grow, I need to listen. I need to find mentors. I need to, um, find resources and tools for me to gain knowledge and wisdom and understanding so that I make the, the correct decisions. I'm also a faith, faith person. So I pray, um, and, you know, and even journal my questions and thoughts. And so <clears throat> for growing and for growth for me personally, um, I cannot, I, I can't live a performance-based life anymore. I did it for a very, very long time. And, um, that's performing for others to meet their expectations and standards. Um, I don't think that that's really healthy. Uh, so I try not to do that. Um, I really try to have my core beliefs and my core, um, faith and let who I believe I am to dictate where I'm going to go, even if it's not the, um, popular route. Um, so to answer the question of, you know, if somebody else sees my growth as negative, I mean, I'll be honest with you in this day and age, I'm sure there is somebody who sees my growth as negative. Um, but I can't, I don't care about performing for that person or those people. Um, I can't do that. There's, there's too much in me that, um, loves myself too much to be like, Oh, well now I'm just going to mold myself to this person and be that. Because then again, now I, now I'm not living in my identity as Jake Lures. I'm living my identity as whatever Jake Lures from August Burns Red or, you know, the CEO of, you know, heart support or whatever, you know, and things just get real. And then you got to speak a certain way. You got to, you got to act a certain way. You got to dress a certain way. It's just all, you know, I'm not doing it. Um, but yeah, I think several years of touring, um, has definitely, you know, put a strain on my loved ones and distance and uh, lack of communication or connection. Um, and you know, that's something that I have to personally, that's something that I have to navigate through. Um, and it's part of, I guess, part of sacrifice, you know, um, there's always going to be sacrifice to some degree somewhere. And what I, what I try to do is I try to prioritize and figure out a way to invest 
in where areas I'm lacking. So relationships to me are like a bank account. Um, and every time I distance myself from that relationship, I'm withdrawing from that bank account. So how can I deposit? How can I make deposits? Is it a little phone call? Is it a Zoom call? Is it, I'm super slammed with all this shit, but I'm going to drive eight hours to visit, you know, for a couple of days. What is it? Right? Um, and, um, you know, for people, for certain people, there's certain things that they have to sacrifice. Um, and being a touring musician is not for everyone. I will say that. And every single band member, every crew member that we have makes that sacrifice. And so it's not taken lightly. And we try to do our best to, you know, let, um, let our guys have the time that they need or they need to bring people out or whatever. We understand it. Um, but yeah, I mean, I would say that if we were to sit down anybody and talk about what they're doing, there's probably something they're doing in their life that a, we may not agree with or condone. Doesn't mean we can't love them. Doesn't mean we can't support them. Doesn't mean we can't encourage them. This world needs to understand that. But, you know, there might be something that they struggle with or that they're having an issue. And yeah, to other people, it's not growth. Or to other people, it is hurtful and damaging. And that's why I think it's really important to have a community of people that are understanding. You know, um, it's so quick to, I mean, this world is so good at um, telling you how bad you are. Or what you suck at, you know? Today's Beer Minute is brought to you by Starving Artist Brewery, who share a simple belief you should judge beer and not people. Today's beer is from Martin House Brewing out of San Antonio, Texas, and it's their sweet and sour strawberry beer. Coming in at 7%, this sour drinks more like some of my favorite sour gummy candies, tart and sweet, and dare I say refreshing as well? The lactose in this really balances out the sweet tartness of this beer, proving once again why Martin House are one of the go-tos for sours. Thanks to Starving Artist Brewery, who remind you to support your starving artists, and please, always drink responsibly. And now, back to the show. Yeah, <clears throat> I think for me, it's it's thinking about how, you know, traveling the world, like as I, I haven't really tra- traveled internationally at this point yet, but getting to see the world, at least the U.S. around me, has informed me more of a lot of the people geographically that are different, uh, have different lives and lead different lives and are just different people than than me here in Michigan, but also that we're the same in a lot of ways. And there's things like that, that where when you kind of start thinking about people, it's like sometimes you growing as a person <clears throat> and what I meant by kind of like as a detriment, seen as a detriment to someone else, it's like, you know, I could see like when I do this podcast at times, like, you know, it's time away from my wife. So while I'm growing something and it's also, you know, I'm learning a lot about myself and I'm learning a lot about other people and I'm able to take these things and these conversations and apply them to other people and kind of try to, to grow my relationships with other people. I realize it's sort of coming at the detriment at times of other relationships that maybe are falling by the wayside because of the time I'm investing in this. So it's one of those where it, <clears throat> It is kind of the the give and take, the ebb and flow of, of life, I guess, and thinking about, I guess, sacrifices and, and what's worth it in the end and, and hopefully, you know, not making too much of a sacrifice in any one direction to cause, cause a, uh, you know, something that you can't get back at some point. Yes. Yeah. And that's, that's why I was saying, you know, journaling, you know, what are your good habits? What are your unhealthy habits? What, you know, what are you investing your time in? Why? 
why are you making the decisions you're making, right? Because you're, you're looking at the fact that everything costs. Everything costs. Your unhealthy habits, they're going to cost you. Your healthy habits cost you time, energy, um, focus, right? Um, your work or your dreams cost you study and devotion and passion and um, hard work. Same with relationships. Relationships cost. So, yeah, I mean, I think that, and that's just the, in my opinion, that's a truth in my life that I think that everything costs us something. And, um, but we also have to have grace for ourselves and recognize that, like, you're just a human. <laughs> like, <laughs> you're a human, dude. Like, you are not, you know, some superhero. You're a human being and uh we're all messy and that's okay right um i and i just i love i love meeting myself there where i understand that i'm just a messy fucking dude i'm just a messy dude and if i can meet myself there and i can be okay with that then i can look at all of the things that i am doing and i can be encouraged mm. that I'm willing to move on that. I'm willing to grow from there. I'm willing to accept this for what it is, but not accept it for where I, for where I'm going. Right. And we need to start. I, I always tell like my, my team, you know, um, at, at my gym and heart support, we got to celebrate the victories, even the small ones, you know, um, you know, for maybe for somebody at the gym, it's like, Hey, you lost two pounds this week. That's amazing. Like, Congratulations. You need to celebrate that. You're on the journey. You're on the path. And, um, or, you know, we, you know, we have our own heart sport has its own music festival. Like that's, that is a huge monumental moment for, for, for us, for the team at heart support. And, uh, you know, so we want to celebrate that right. Um, down to the little things of like getting, getting parkway drive, you know, um, getting the ghost inside those types of things. Like, those are those are victories for us, right? And and so those those victories can be big and they or they could be small, like getting out of bed, brushing your teeth. You know, there's people there that have struggled. I I have struggled with depression where I just couldn't get out of bed. You know, um, I I got divorced in 2015 and I just couldn't get out of bed. Um, and you know, so getting out of bed, taking a shower, like brushing my teeth, fucking going, you know, going outside and going on a walk, you know, like, thankfully I wasn't on tour, <laughs> you know, but, but yeah. I was, you know, I was able to, I was, I was able to have these small victories. And it's like, man, you got out of bed today. Like you took a shower, like you're going to the gym. Uh, this is it. And that's why I opened this gym. Um, my gym is because it was such a therapeutic thing for me. It was such a, it was such a place of release and it was a place of, where I could be with myself and I could think through things and I could take my frustrations and anger out on the weight. And then I'd come home and I'd feel so good and relaxed and like my body feels good. And, and like, I just like got out of the ring, you know, the boxing ring, um, with myself. And, um, and I, and I, and I think that like, you know, for us, we need to celebrate those little victories along the way. And we need to just kind of be comfortable with who we are and that's why I said that, like, for me, prayer, journaling, self-reflection is just such a good thing for me because I can look at who I am 
and accept who I am and then think about, okay, well, who do I want to, who do I want to be or where do I desire to be or how do I desire to love people better or um, my family better or my bandmates better, right? Um, or my community. So, yeah, man, it's, uh, it's interesting. You know, kind of talking about the festival itself, I always find it interesting festivals as a whole because you know i used to book shows uh many years ago and got out of that game for a multitude of reasons but it's it's interesting because even now when i go to festivals i'm still just in awe of of them you know a story i've told numerous times but i know as someone who's played the festival you'll really kind of appreciate this you know, <clears throat> going to Warp Tour a couple of years ago, like one of the last ones that they did and having friends on it to where I got like the all access, no escort needed pass. Being on one of the main stages where it's like split in half and as soon as band A is done, they're tearing down, band B is already starting. But to then literally while everyone's watching the band, but since I'm backstage, watching everyone unload, load up that other side, do a sound check all in the 25, 30 minutes while the other band's playing. So as soon as that band's link ringing out the last note, boom, there's the next band ready to go. And you just watch this go in on and on and on throughout the day. It was just insane to see the level of professionalism that keeps that thing moving so fast to where you don't even realize anything's happening. <clears throat> How has it been for you putting a festival together, knowing having been a part of some of these legendary festivals that run so smoothly and so well and offer so much to a, a diverse range of people and demographics. Walk me through the beginning phases of putting heart support fest together versus all the way to now, like that it's announced and it's, it's happening. Yeah. Oh man. Um, there's a lot of work that's involved in that. And if I told you everything, it would, it would pretty much eat up the whole day. Um, <laughs> but I, I can say this, that, you know, when I had the vision of doing a festival for heart support, it was, it was really clear to me what, what I was wanting to, to happen. And that's, and, and what that is, is just a really overwhelmingly positive, encouraging atmosphere with, you know, mental health awareness at the forefront. Um, so what, one of the things that we say is heart support fest, uh, uniting bands and fans to elevate the importance of mental health. So my thought is to create this festival that um, you're having a good time, you're, you're having drinks, you know, you're, you're with your friends and um, you're seeing your favorite bands, but, um, you know, you're seeing also these musicians kind of open up and share about their personal life, things that they've, you know, gone through. And either they're sharing a, a just a, a, they're just being vulnerable and a story of something that's happened in their lives to encourage somebody or they're just giving you uplifting um, words of encouragement uh, through what the importance of their understanding of what mental health is and um, just kind of permeating the room, the space, the, the field with this understanding of acceptance. Um, and again, like I had said earlier, like, you know, we may not condone what what one of us does or thinks or we may disagree on things um and say well i don't think that's right but but that's okay right like it's completely okay uh we can still be friends you know we can still encourage each other like like i'm a very faith-based person 
Um, and I, I don't mean necessarily like when I have a church goer, I just mean like I have a personal relationship um, with God in my life. And one of my best friends on this tour, uh, our, our light engineer, is just a, a straight up atheist. Not a problem. I don't like that doesn't make me, you know, <laughs> want to troll him on the Internet. Like, I don't care. Like, that's like I respect that man. Like, he is he is my friend. He is a good human. He's a great man and has taught me much, right? And we've been on the road together for, for years now. And, and there's tons of other great, beautiful, amazing things that we can have conversations about. And we challenge each other. Like he, or well, he, I'll say this at least because he's not here. But he challenges me you know, with, some of the, with some of his thoughts and, and ideas of, of life. Um, and so I just, I really want, to create this space where we can kind of let ourselves our guard down and just be human again mm-hmm. and be able to just love each other where we're at and be encouraged by each other's stories and the things that we've experienced and the struggles that we've gone through or, um, and things like that. And, and just to be able to have that support there with our resources and, and things like that, where people can just go and check it out if they want. I don't, want this festival to be uh, in your face about mental health. That's not the intention. It's, it's not to you know, bring it up in every five seconds. I don't want that. That's not what this is. It's, it's, it's just, it's more about the aspect of if we can love ourselves a little bit better and a little bit more, we can love those around us a little bit better, a little bit more. And being able to introduce that environment to our community, the, the, this industry, this music and, um, through the bands and for them, through them, like kind of sharing. So that's kind of what, you know, and that, that's, that's the first thing, <laughs> you know, when building the, when building the festival is like, what's the vision, dude, you know, you gotta have a strong vision because, well, for me, you know, it's not just about, uh, throwing on a, a big party, you know, um, and, and, and so that was, that was part of it, but then getting the, getting the team together, you know, uh, we're working with, um, AEG, got to give a big shout out to my buddy, Chris McLean. Um, he works with AEG. He's actually the, the, he's the singer of search Armstrong, okay. um, which is, which is pretty dope. But, um, so he's a part of the team, him, uh, a guy named Matt Robin. I've got some, some good friends that, that, um, decided to help, um, invest in, um, in the festival. And so it takes a, it takes a team. And I always tell people that like, or I tell, yeah, I, I, you know, when, when somebody asks me like, Oh man, like, you know, look at, look at all this. Cause people don't, I don't think they understand. They see, they see what they, what I propose on socials or they see what they, you know, or they just think of something they're like, Oh wow. Like that must be great. It's so much work. And, and what I, what I've learned and what I'm, what I try to champion people to do is understand that success um, is built with a body. If you want to be successful, you have to have a body. And I, I could use multiple examples, um, but you know, just one off the top of my head, it's like, I'm not a bassist. I'm not a drummer. I'm not a guitarist, right? I'm not a light engineer. I'm not a guitar tech. I'm not a drum tech. I'm not a merch guy. I'm not a tour manager, right? I'm not a bus driver. Um, 
you know, to be successful, it takes a, a team of people. And so I had to find that team. I had to find that body. I had to, you know, make sure that these are the right people and, and are they going to do a good job and do they understand the mission and vision and are we going to be able to work together? Is communication going to be clear enough, right? So these are all things that, again, I was thinking and having to create before even stepping into the ring of the cage fighting with agents, you know, for, <laughs> for, for bands, which is just, mm -hmm. I've never been on this side of the street, brother. I, it's, you know, cause it's tough, <laughs> I, you know, being the, the, the talent, right. Versus the guy who's trying to get the talent. And now I'm, now I'm both, you know, mm -hmm. and it was really weird. And I had to, I had to understand how to, how to cage fight. And, you know, I, 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 I'm making it sound bad, but, you know, all the, the guys that I've worked with and the agents that I've spoken with and communicate with, they're all great. But it's just, it's business. It's another level of, of understanding that, hey, look, you want this band? You're going to pay this price. This is, mm -hmm. you know, this is what we're doing. I'm going, oh, we're not paying that. We want to pay this. Can we work that out? Is it cool? You know, um, you know, and it's a first year festival. So, you know, just there's all these types of things, the different grounds, right? And And so, you know, from from a perspective of you know trying to work with AEG and booking bands and doing production stuff with them and down to the ticketing and um, down to the bands like what bands do we you want right and what bands do you think is going to be a good fit what bands um, resonate with mental health you know like like Parkway Drive like um, the Ghost Inside right um, so it's it's all of these little things that you that I have never thought of or experienced. And, but I, but I was like, well, if I'm going to do this, I have to, you know, I have to do these things and I have to. And so what do you do? You look for people who know what they're doing, right? You, yeah. you find, you find mentors. So AEG, Chris McLean, what a great phenomenal mentor. You know, he did most of, if not, 90% of the communications with, with agents for us, because that's his world. Right. Um, but had I not had him, I probably would have made myself look like a, like a jackass, you know? Um, <laughs> I mean, I'm just being honest, right? Like, uh, that's not my expertise, but, yeah. um, so there's all these different types of things that, uh, that to build this thing. And, 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 you know, you're talking about, you know, changeovers and all the, the manpower behind that, you know? Um, and I'm talking about behind the curtains, you know, <clears throat> mm -hmm. so there's so many different levels, but that's why I'm saying it's, it's so epic because heart support, heart support community, um, you know, AEG, AXS, um, you know, uh, we have so, we have so many uh, sponsors that are participating, these bands that are you know, agreeing and saying, yeah, man, we love this idea. This is great. We're going to do it. Right. Like we would love to be a part of it. Like, um, it's just, that's what it takes, uh, to build something beautiful. And again, that's why I think community is so important because we truly need each other, um, to get to where we want to go. Yeah. I think <clears throat> I know when I started getting into to booking bands and then getting into booking bands, like, like, you know, I'll say like a playing a 400 cap room kind of level of a band, like just playing like your free local bar, local bands. That's one thing you're dealing with. But when you start dealing with contracts, guarantees, 
you know, how are we promoting the show? Blah, 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 blah. All this kind of stuff. Writers, like you start getting some of this stuff and it kind of really just opens your eyes. Like, Oh shit, this, this is real. Like now I am, I hate to like put it so, so mildly, but it's like, I remember getting a guarantee and having to pay the first time I had to pay half of a guarantee before, and then literally come up with the other half the day of the show instead of just like, okay, at the end of the show, I'll give you all your money. Like I was like, fuck man, this is, this is real. Like I'm really on the hook for some shit right now. And if shit doesn't go well, man, I, whew, this is, I, I don't even want to think about that, but it kind of lights the fire under your ass to like, make sure you're promoting it correctly and you're putting the right bands and you're, you're doing the right things to make it successful. But you're also very aware that it's like, man, I, I am paying someone's like livelihood right now when you're starting to get into some of these guarantees that are five, six, seven, eight thousand dollars And you're just like, that's a fuckload of money. And I'm just responsible for a day of it. But if like things go wrong with my show, I can, can severely fuck up the whole tour. Like it's, it's wild when you start thinking about things like that, just logistically booking a show, like all the things that have to go right for it and all the different pieces in place. And it's so wild to me. And it's funny. Cause I'm reminded of two things. You literally, you literally had to go through and you are that meme. Okay. You have a hundred dollars book, the best bands you can at the different bands at these price points. And you, you probably kind of legitimately had to go, okay, we need like two, three, maybe four, like strong headline worthy bands all on their own. Then you need kind of like your middle bands and then the bands that'll, you know, and it's not lessening anyone's band. It just is the reality of the situation. There are, there are bands at a certain spot on a bill for a certain reason. And it's, it's hard because I'm sure like there are other bands maybe you were thinking of and maybe one fell through and, Oh man, I really wanted them. Okay. Well, like now I, okay. And it's just interesting because the other part of it that I could see, and I think I did see some comments that everyone was surprised to see that you didn't bill your own bands higher up. And I was like, I actually think that speaks like really well to you and the longevity of this festival is that you didn't book yourself as the headliner that you kind of were putting the shine on all these other bands and kind of put yourself sort of just right in the middle of it. Like any other band, because the, the, I think, and I'm kind of speaking for you, but I, it, when I saw it, it spoke to, this isn't about August Burns Red. It isn't about Jake from August Burns Red. It's about the festival. It's about what everything is coming together for. It's about a bigger thing than August Burns Red or you or any of the bands. It's about what it's about. And I think tentatively, I think a lot of people when this festival got announced might have missed that initially. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so to speak on the band, so there was definitely some bands that, you know, we wanted to have and they're on tour in Europe or, you know, things like that. Um, and so that was kind of a bummer. Right. But there's so many good bands. Like, you know, now that, now that I look back at like all the bands that we were vetting and interested in and there's just so many good bands. And I think that, I think that that's one of the things that I really wanted for people um, for this festival was that they're going to know every name, you know, I, I really wanted um, to just kind of give a full uh, list of, of bands that that people know and people um, like and enjoy. And just so that like, because to me, I, I feel like every band that we've got, they're hitters. They're yeah. all hitters. They're all just beasts. They're all great and beautiful and amazing in their own ways. Um, and they all are unique. And 
Um, you know, and then obviously quite a few of them, uh, you know, support, uh, mental health or they support heart support. And so, um, you know, again, there's a lot that goes into that, but that was something that I was really proud of that, that we all just, we just got hitters, man, out the gate. Um, 68, you know, um, we from within, like their record, it sounds so good. Um, you know, all the way up to Parkway Drive. I mean, those guys are, you know, Aussie legends and, uh, you know, and the ghost inside friends of mine love, love those guys. And, you know, they experienced, um, you know, the, their tragic accident. And so they have a heart for mental health and they've gone through so much. And so I just felt, you know, so we just have such a great, a great lineup. Um, but yeah, the, there's just, it's just a, it's just a different animal when it comes to working, uh, and, and trying to build a, a, a proper, um, a proper list of bands and, and a bill, excuse me. And the reason why, because you're right, this isn't about me. This isn't about August Burns Red. Uh, this is about heart support. This is about the community. This is about mental health. It's about these bands and these fans and giving the bands a place to, if they want to share, they can share. And, um, and for, um, you know, music goers to be accepted for who they are and, and, have a really great festival with a lot of great bands and be able to be themselves. And so that's, that's really what it's about. And, um, and that's why I'm so excited about it because what's going to happen is this is not dependent on my growth. This festival is not going to grow because of Jake Lures from August Burns Red. Um, this festival is going to grow because of the bands and the people who want to be a part of it and who, who recognize recognize what it's about, recognize, um, who they're allowed to be and recognize that, um, that there is a legit community here. So, um, that's what it's about. And that's why I'm so excited. And, um, I'm really excited to see what, what comes of it. So yeah, we, kind right of- now we have the two day tickets, the two day, uh, general admission. And then, um, just for people who may have not heard of this, but it's, um, hard support, fest.com and uh we have the two-day general tickets and it's in orlando florida february 18th 19th and 2023 um which at uh uh in orlando in february is supposed to be the nicest time of the year there so uh just want to <laughs> let people know about that because i was like florida's sometimes it gets rainy or sometimes yeah. it's really 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 hot but um yeah we were very very uh you know picky about that but Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, brother. No, no, you're good. I was going to say, this is just one of those things, like when I see a fest like this, one of the first thoughts that comes to mind, because this is just the nature of festivals and it's the nature of touring, you guys are already working on next year's, like the next year's 2024's festival already, because that's just the nature of things? Or are you actually wanting to see how this one does before kind of trying to grow the festival based on whatever you're going to learn from this year's or next year's, I should say the first year. Sure. Yeah. That's a great question. Um, unfortunately I cannot comment on that. Fair enough. That yep. <laughs> <laughs> this, this is one of those that like when I saw the festival get announced, I tried very quickly to see who was handling all press stuff. Cause I was like, this is a festival that like, I feel like would be great to go to as a media person because it wouldn't, I, I would hope because I've talked to pretty much somebody in every band at this point where it's like everyone I've had on 
is someone who, like you said, is open to talk about the real things that they go through as people and as artists and so forth. And this is one of those where I feel like as someone who enjoys that aspect of doing this, seeing a festival like this would almost be one where I'm like, man, I want to go as media because I, I feel like I'd get to talk about some real shit at a festival instead of how was catering today or how, you know, how was the drive or just the, the blase bullshit that everyone always talks about at festivals because I don't think anyone, I hate to say it like this, I feel like a lot of media goes just so they can be at the event, do the bare minimum of doing the work and mm -hmm. then you see there and then it's like, oh, well, I'm here at this thing and look at all the bands I got to see. A couple of Danny Wimmer festivals I got to done, got to do as press. I can tell you between the two or three days I was there, I think collectively I got to see three bands in total full because I was in the press area the whole time trying to make the most of wow. every opportunity I could get. I did get to see yeah. the dude from Gojira get burned, but I saw that and that was like two or three songs into their set. And then I beelined it back to the press area because I was like, I think some other people are going to be coming through. I need to be there. And I yeah. don't feel like that's how people are when they're on that side of things. I think it's it's like a lot of things. I think people do it for the clout and all the wrong reasons. And this seems like one of those that um, if you guys are accepting media applications, this is something I would jump all over just to be a part of the thing that I've been doing on this show for the last couple of years, which is having these conversations I think that we all need to have. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, so I think if you wanted to submit for that, it's at info at at heartsupportfest.com. Um, okay. And we, we are getting a ton of submissions. It's, uh, it's pretty wild. But, um, <laughs> you know, if people are interested in, you know, maybe watching some interviews that Heart Support's done with musicians about mental health, because what we've noticed is that when we sit down with a musician and we, we talk about mental health, it's, it's, it's always intriguing and unique mm -hmm. and... Um, encouraging or or sobering. Um, so if you visit heartsupport.com, just to kind of give uh, listeners a little bit of an understanding, it's an online community for people to engage their mental health and find their own path of unique healing. And we have resources. We have a community of thousands of people that communicate on the support wall. We have a Twitch stream that's um, live every day where my buddies, Dan and Casey, and their Twitch team um, you know, discuss a topic or maybe even a letter that someone has written on the support wall. Um, and they discuss as a team, we have interviews with numerous different musicians, um, mostly from my, my genre, because, uh, <laughs> those are my buddies or people that I reached out to, um, about, you know, their experiences or sharing their stories of, of struggle or, or victories. And, uh, so it's, it's really, really cool. Um, and yeah, we're, we're super amped and super excited, and uh, I, I just can't wait for the festival to, to be uh, – it's going to be pretty cool. I just – I don't have words, to be honest. I can't wait for someone to take the photo that you'll inevitably post online that no, you didn't know someone took while you were watching, and it's of you probably side stage or maybe at front of house with everything in front of you. And then it's it's the moment of realization that it's actually happening. And, and instead of it being words in an email or things like a graphic on a, a tour ad mat, it's literally all unfolding in front of you and you get to, to revel in the years of hard work into it. I think those are always, I have a few photos of me in those same situations where the hard work and everything paid off and I'm enjoying the fruits of my labor. And you know, my wife or a friend took a photo I didn't know was being taken. 
and I cherish, and I'm so glad that I have those photos to look back on as a reminder, you know, progress of growth. And I yeah. can't wait for that moment where someone will inevitably take that photo for you and that you'll probably put in an office wall or something like I, I did it. I made this yeah. thing happen. Yeah, it's cool. Well, yeah. Um, we, we did it, you know, that's, that's for sure. We like you, you even wanting to interview me about this and then someone's going to, going to, um, listen to it and maybe they want to come to the festival. Like that's, that's because of you. Right. So, um, but I do appreciate that. And yes, that moment of, uh, you know, being in the front of the house and seeing the bands you know, performing and stuff is going to be, uh, it's going to be unreal for sure. I'm going to soak it up. Absolutely. Well, I don't want to take up any more of your time. Uh, lastly, where can everyone find you or whatever you would like to plug online? Um, honestly, just heartsupportfest.com and heartsupport.com. Uh, again, the festival is going to be in Orlando, Florida, February 18th and 19th. And we're still announcing bands and uh, one day tickets is going to be um, on sale fairly soon. You can follow Heart Support Fest at, on Instagram or Facebook at heart support fest and uh, same with heart support at heart support. So uh, thank you so much for your time in and just wanting to pick my brain and let me share a little bit of my story and, and, and heart support festival and things. I really, I really do appreciate that. Yeah, absolutely. Enjoy the rest of your day and have a good show. Thanks mate. So that was my conversation with Jake and I really want to thank him for taking the time, especially standing outside of a venue <laughs> in another country to do press. Um, but I really enjoyed this conversation. It's, Again, um, I would implore anybody, if you're listening to this show, if you enjoy this show, well, first of all, thank you for listening. Um, but more so, let it inspire you, hopefully, to maybe do this same thing. Um, I've been really, really steeped in thinking about the show and, and what it means and, and where it's gone and how far it's come as we're approaching the six-year anniversary of the show and 400 episodes. And it's definitely one of those things where... I, I mean, it's so serendipitous that the, the clerks thing is how, you know, part of this started being a discussion for this episode, considering Kevin Smith was so heavily tied to me going, I could do a podcast. And I think that same same drive, that same wanting to do something, I guess, to help your voice or other people's voices, however you want to put it. I think is also what drives Jake to want to do heart support festival. I mean, the fact that you had heard him say like, this is something that had been probably three, four years in the making of just, I have this idea. How do I do it? And you know, it's, it's funny because when I used to book shows and I started this podcast, I actually, one of the people I wanted to have on was a friend who used to book shows, but also would put on a local festival here that gained pretty big prominence in the like national touring scene um, to the point where at one point they had almost gotten all of the rest of the members of Pantera at the time uh, to play the festival. And obviously that would have been huge news uh, if all the members of Pantera were in the same place at the same time. Cause I don't think that had happened ever since the band broke up. So it was one of those things like I've always had this fascination with how do you put on a festival? Like, what does it look like? Cause I know just putting on a show, I know what that's like. I know what putting on several shows to kind of, I don't want to say build a calendar, but you know, I'm being offered this show. Okay. Like, and then I'm also being offered this show for a couple of days later or a week later. Like I know what it is to be on a steady grind of putting shows together. I know from working with venue people, what it's like for them to actually fill the calendar and 
all of the ins and outs of what you have to do to put on a successful show. Now amplify that by being in a band yourself, trying to do a big festival that's going to draw and not lose its ass. Like that's a lot of work. And I mean, like you heard me say at the very end, you know, like, are you already working on next year's? Because now you would be needing to work on the next year's festival. You would have to start trying to secure lineups. You would have to start securing dates for the venue. You'd have to start, you know, getting deposits down probably for, you know, securities and for, you know, different like porta potties and vendors and sponsors and all of those kind of things, getting a budget ready. And it's one of those that it's like, I don't think people understand, like it is a fucking grind to do a festival and put it on and to do it successfully year in and year out. It requires a team, like Jake said. And to me, it's just, it's a fascinating world um, that I don't think a lot of people understand just how many moving parts there are to putting on a show, let alone a festival and to have it run successfully. Like, you know, for everyone that was shitting on the when we were young festival by all accounts, other than the first day, which you know, I agree with everybody uh, who was like, you can't say that this venue did the wrong thing by shutting down. Like, I forget what country band it was. Might have been like Sugarland or something. I don't know. Um, they played a county fair. The winds were really bad and the whole fucking stage collapsed and like injured people. And it's like, dude, you can't you can't risk that anymore. Like, I mean, not that you could ever before, but like literally you cannot risk that. Like, I don't know if that festival or whatever it was that they were playing. I don't know if it has happened since because of probably the lawsuits and liabilities and the insurance and all that kind of stuff that they would have to pay as a result of going against weather recommendations and so forth. So, but the point is, is, you know, so often we want things to fail uh, so we can laugh at it. And to me, it's like, you know, the, when we were young festival is a great one. The first day, you know, they chose to, to shut it down and everyone was like, Oh, see, we knew it was bullshit. And it's like, Literally every band is there. Like the proof is in the pudding. It, it is fucking happening. The fact that they already announced next year's with bigger bands and all this other stuff, it's like it's happening and they made it work. But it also is a lot of work. And everything that I've heard from all the bands that went, from all the people that went, like there were some hiccups and I'm sure maybe they'll fix the next year, you know, as you don't know what's going to happen. But the fact that like every band was like, it was ran so smoothly for a first year festival and then from the people that played from the week before to this past weekend like we're like it was so much smoother than even last week i i love to see it and i just again i don't think people understand what an undertaking it is to do it so the fact that jake is not only involved in his band is now doing heart support you know as a as a nonprofit, owns a gym I mean, the dude just literally takes on all these things that he wants to accomplish in life and is successful in them because I, ju I just, it's the mentality you need to be successful and it is a mindset. Um, all of that said, I will stop uh, talking about the festival and all those kind of things. If you would like to keep up with uh, August Burns Red, you can find them at Facebook, Instagram at August Burns Red, Twitter at ABR Band. If you would like to keep up with Heart Support, you can go to heartsupport.com. Everything the festival is at heartsupportfest.com. Uh, we're 108 days away as I'm recording this right now. The full lineup, tickets are available, all of that kind of stuff. If you'd like to keep up with the podcast, you can find us simple enough, Bruce SpeakPod, on all your social media platforms. Uh, if you would like to support us monetarily, you can do such over at patreon.com slash Pod. Want to give our patrons a shout out real quick. Sarah, Craig, and Chase, thank you for supporting the podcast. Uh, hopefully you're enjoying all of the 
material content that is all over there, uh, bonus episodes, all of the episodes well before they go onto the main feed, uh, episodes you'll never see on the main feed, uh, probably eight or nine of those, I believe, and just uh, doing a lot uh, over there. So thanks for all the support. If you want to email me, you can do such at brutallyspeaking at gmail.com. Keep a conversation going from an episode that you maybe enjoyed and a topic that we discussed that you want to continue talking about. Uh, If you want to recommend guests, if you want to anything, you know, I can be reached there. So uh, for the Brutally Speaking Podcast, I am John, and I will talk to you all next time with Alex from Despised Icon. That was a pretty interesting conversation that kind of ran the gamut of a lot of different things, uh, steeped heavily in nostalgia, as it were. So for the Brutally Speaking Podcast, I am John, and I will talk to you all next time.